right, if you're out checking your kids in or getting your coffee, continue. You can look at what's going on outside with the rain and you can take it two ways. Your feet are soaked because you had to walk through the water to get in the building. But you can also look at it as a renewing of the earth. You can look at it as the rain coming down and, and washing away debris, washing away things that, um, that we don't want around, the things that make our allergies go crazy, the things that make us not feel good. If it wasn't for the rain, it would be a whole lot worse. In the same thing, the presence of God. The presence of God can be like a rain. But so often, we as individuals, we don't see it that way. We see the rain outside as it's, it's hindering the day. We see the rain outside that, yes, I got soaked coming in the building. My feet are wet. It makes getting around more difficult. Sometimes we look at the, the Spirit of God and we go, you know what? Man, what's happening is a whole lot more difficult. Because what happens is when we start experiencing the, the presence of God, the reign of His Spirit, it reveals stuff in our lives. And that's not always fun. It's not always fun to have to, to have the Spirit reveal something to you that you thought you had dealt with or, or you lied to yourself that you dealt with knowing that you really didn't. But we convince ourselves, oh, I've dealt with it. I've dealt with that person that hurt me. Yet every time you see that person in a distance in Walmart, a holy anger, as we call it, rises up. It's God on the inside of me that's making me mad. But the reign of His presence in our lives causes new growth. It causes a revealing of who He is in our life. And it reveals to us the areas of our lives that we haven't allowed Jesus to reign in. And if you want to be everything that God's called you to be, we have to be willing to quote-unquote step outside and allow the Spirit to wash over us. We have to be willing. It doesn't mean you're going to all of a sudden be perfect. It doesn't all mean that all of a sudden all the bad thoughts that you've had are gone and they've, they're, they're just, you're just pure as the wind-driven snow. Because the moment that you think that will be the moment that you stub your toe. And you find out really what's on the inside of you. When you stub that toe or when you hurt yourself or when somebody offends you, heaven forbid they pull out in front of you. And that's when Jesus moments really start happening. Those are the times. But we have to be willing, willing to allow Jesus to move. We've been talking about, for the last couple of weeks, surprisingly, God. It's a, it's a shocker. But we've been talking about hopefully revealing that He's a God of the impossible. What we would consider impossible. Not what He considers impossible, but what we would consider impossible. We've got into things and we've talked about out of Mark 5. Do not fear. Just believe. In that moment when he found out his daughter was dead and that she had that it was too late, he had an opportunity in that moment to doubt that what God was going to do was real. 
He had a moment in time that there was a decision to be made. And Jesus looked squarely in the eye and said, don't be afraid. Just believe. Do you have those moments in your life where everything's going crazy? You want to give up on the promises God's given you? You want to give up on finally believing that your kids would be changed, that your marriage would be restored, that your finances would change, that you would find a job, that you would advance in a job? Nothing's happening. And he's looking at you going, just believe. Because if God planted the seed in your heart, it's God's responsibility to allow it to grow, to take care of it, If he's given that to you, if he's spoken something to you, it's his job. All we have to do is be obedient. All we have to do is be obedient. It's his job to make everything else work. We learned about in Jeremiah 32, 17, that nothing, nothing is too hard for him. Well, I don't know. I'm not seeing this happen. I'm not seeing this change. Maybe maybe really and truly This is the one thing that's impossible for God. Maybe this is the one thing that I just didn't hear right. I'm not believing right. I promise you, he's a God of the impossible. He's a God of the impossible in your life. He's a God of the impossible in your family's lives. He's a God of the impossible on your job. Where we find out is where we're going... And we get to a point that we stop believing. Because we're not seeing it happen in our time. In what we think it should happen in. You have to realize this thing's much bigger than us. God's promises, God's word is much bigger than the little individual you and me. And if his word says that his word will not return void but it will accomplish what it's been set forth to accomplish. If he put that in your heart, all you have to do is rest and believe that he's going to take care of it. That's all you have to do. It's just believe. Don't fear. Just believe. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you this morning. God, I thank you for the rain outside. God, I thank you that that rain cleanses our land. It nourishes our land. It fills up lakes and ponds and streams. God, I thank you for what you're doing in the kingdom. I thank you that your spirit is alive, that your spirit is real, and that as a body of believers, Father, we're getting past a mindset of religion into a mindset of relationship. We're getting past a mindset that says, you know what, I haven't seen it, therefore it's not going to happen. We're getting past that mindset to a mindset that says, open our eyes. Let us see you. Let us see your kingdom. Let us see what's going on in the supernatural. Let us see what's going on in the unseen world. Because you're real and you're really moving. Now today, Father God, I pray that you quiet our minds, quiet our thoughts, and let us hear you speak in a way that speaks to our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be, no matter how old you are, from several months to several years old. And there's things that in your life that you've not seen fulfilled. And, and all of us, in one way, shape, or form, we get to a point that we say, you know what? I guess God's really not going to do this. His promises, they will happen. How do I know? 
because his word says so. So let's jump in to Genesis 18 this morning. And they said unto him, Where is Sarah thy wife? And he said, Behold, in the tent. And he said, I will certainly return unto thee according to the time of life. And lo, Sarah thy wife shall have a son. And Sarah heard it in the tent door which was behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old and well stricken in age. And it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of woman. Therefore Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I am waxed old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord being also old? And the Lord said unto Abraham, Wherefore did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I have surely bear a child which am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the time appointed, I will return unto thee, and according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. Then Sarah denied, saying, I didn't laugh, for she was afraid. And he said, Whatever, but thou did laugh. You ever had one of those moments? One of those moments where all of a sudden you heard a promise from God, you heard God speak, and you went, yeah, right. You want me to go overseas? You want me to be a missionary? You want me to go ask that person for a job? He wouldn't give me a job. What are you talking about? And we think all along we've hidden ourselves. Yet the word also says he knows the thoughts that we have. And we try and say, oh, but I didn't think that. Mud's on our face. Sarah, she was old. She was past the point. But what we have to realize when we start operating in the realm of faith, we have to make faith personal. The promises of God had come to Abram, soon to be Abraham, many years before. When God told him, your descendants will be like the stars in the heaven. The sands on the shore, your descendants will be. When you go back and you start looking back in, I think it was Genesis 12, when he starts giving this promise to Abram at the time, Abram was 75 years old. He was... He was getting old. I wouldn't say he's old just because I'm not going to stick my foot in my mouth. But he was getting old. And so when somebody comes to you at that age and says, guess what? You're going to have a child and it's going to be yours. It's going to come from, from, from you. Your first moment in time is to go, really? That's the enemy. That's the devil. The devil's just trying to trick me to believe that something can happen. But what I want you to see in this moment with Abram, Abram, when you go back to verse to chapter 12, Abram laughed. And yet, the angel didn't call him out and say, what are you thinking? Am I not a God that's going to fulfill my word? And you start going back and you start looking into some of the Greek and you start looking into some of the Hebrew and going back into some of the translation. He laughed, they say, potentially with excitement. You ever had something happen and you kind of giggle? You kind of laugh because you get so overjoyed, you get into the moment and you laugh? But yet Sarah, in this moment, didn't laugh out of excitement. She laughed out of, are you stupid? Do you not know how old I am? 
Do you know that those things don't operate the way they're supposed to anymore? And that's why the angel of the Lord said, you laughed. Because she laughed in her heart. But yet the Spirit of God knows what we're thinking. For, for over, because when, he, when the child was born, Abraham at the time was 100 years old. He was promised this at 75. So if he was getting old then, I can naturally tell you by 100, he was old. But yet in that moment, God said, now's your time. The promise that I've given you is now time for that promise to be fulfilled. In the way that I told you the promise would be fulfilled. But yet Sarah doubted. Sarah doubted. Abraham was 90 years old when this happened and Sarah had to start truly believing. 90 to 110 years of still believing. Still having to walk his wife through day in, day out, that moment of saying, don't doubt, just believe. Just believe. You ever tried to walk with somebody hand in hand and you're both trying to operate in faith? It's hard. Because when you're operating in faith and you're excited about something, normally the other person is the exact opposite. And then the moment that you're down and depressed, you're looking at them, you're going, why are you all excited now? Why are you happy now? Why are you operating in faith? There's a benefit to being in sync. There's a benefit to walking in pairs, to being together with somebody. Because most of the time, you're both not going to be down at the same time. That's that brother to brother, that iron sharpens iron. That's, that's that linked arm in arm where you finally, you're holding that person up because in that moment, they're wanting to give up. Do you not think that for 10 years, at some point along that line, they both went through a phase and they said, maybe we really didn't see what we thought we saw. Maybe we didn't hear what we thought we heard. But Hebrews 11.11 says, through faith, also Sarah herself received the strength to conceive the seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. It wasn't just built that, that Abraham was full of faith and Abraham was there, that she went, okay, it's going to happen. She had to get to a point that her faith Connected with the promise of God. It was her faith that she had to connect. Your faith. You have to have a personal faith. There are miracles that happen. That all of a sudden. That somebody's praying for you. And their faith all of a sudden lights up. And something happens to you. But you have to have a faith that's going to sustain, that's going to carry, that you've got to have this faith that all of a sudden says, I'm going to receive the strength. I'm going to receive what God's already promised me. I'm going to receive. There was more to it than just a relationship between Abraham and Sarah. There was more to it than just the two of them. She had to finally believe that the promise of God was real for her. Because faith has to become personal. 
We can only go so far on me depending on the faith of my wife that at some point I have to begin to believe and say, okay, God, I know what you promised on the inside of me. And I'm trusting you that I know when it's time it's going to be fulfilled. That's not saying that every day, 100% of the day, every day, you have to operate in knowing that 100%, once I get to 100%, God's going to fulfill. If you're looking for 100% of a 24-hour day, of a 30 to 31-day month, you'll never have it. We're human. We get tired. We get exhausted. Just through natural day of just doing work, you get exhausted, and you finally start going, I don't even know if I can trust God. And you're talking out of your physical strength. This is part of your dying to your flesh every day because all of a sudden you go, wait a minute, what am I saying? This is not who I want to be. This is not me. And you shake it off and you choose again to step back into alignment. It's dying daily. That's why it says we have to die daily. Because there's days that we wake up. And if I had all the power under heaven and earth, there's days there's certain people that I would tell them to go somewhere. Come on now, I'm not the only one. There's days and there's times that you would tell them to go somewhere and it probably wouldn't be going to heaven. But thankfully, God's grace, God's faith are sufficient to carry me through that season till I wake up out of my slumber and go, what am I thinking? What am I doing? We have to get to a point that faith becomes personal. Luke 1. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. I guess we need to reiterate that. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. And he shall be great, and shall be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord. Be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. All these things were promised. Everything looks awesome. 
God's giving you a child. It's the Son of God. It's all roses. It's all going to be just wonderful. But we all know the story. It wasn't all wonderful. It wasn't all perfect. Just because God said, this is the way you're going, doesn't mean it's going to be a perfect road. Even the yellow brick road that led in the Wizard of Oz to the place they most wanted had things and tribulations that happened that they had to go through. Even though they were on the right path, even though they were going in the right direction, things happened, things went on. But what I want you to, I want to hear you read this. Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. What was that? That was her faith catching up with what God spoke. So, so what are you telling me? That Mary could have said, uh, no, this ain't happening? Hmm. Something to think about. What if, what if Mary would have said, I know not a man. Uh, you're you're going to mess the whole thing up. I, I, I'm, I'm engaged to somebody. If they start seeing me pregnant, you're going to mess up everything. No, it ain't happening. That I, I'm not going through this. I'm not going to be humiliated. What would have happened? Because we all have a free will. Just like you and me, we have a free will to allow the Spirit to move through us. We can be in our community, in our city, and the, and the Spirit of God will tell us something. Will tell us to pray for somebody. Will tell you at a restaurant that the waitress that you're, is at your table, don't just give her a $2 tip today. She's got a family. She's got these things going on. I want you to bless her today. Well, I don't know, God. You have an opportunity to allow God to move through you to somebody else, but you say, uh, not today, $2. And you walk away from the table. Doesn't mean that God can't come in and use somebody else to bless that person. But you don't get to receive the blessing of blessing that person. You don't get to receive the blessing of stepping into somebody else's world. She could have said no. But yet she said, okay, I'm allowing my faith to become personal. I'm allowing what you said to be real on the inside of me. I want you to use me in whatever way you need to use me. I am the handmaid of the Lord. Wherever I need to go, whatever I need to do, today I'm saying, I'm all yours. God comes to you daily. And he speaks to you. And daily you have an opportunity to be used by the Father. We don't always bat 100%. We don't always do the right thing. We mess up. We miss it. But what I want us to do is to begin to strive to be closer to that 100% as much as we can. Because that's where our growth happens. That's where hearing these things. Because, yes, it was a glorious moment. The birth of Jesus was real and it was amazing. But we forget to talk about when they had to flee the country. We forget to talk about when things happened and things went on. And she had to watch her baby boy publicly. Humiliated. She stood at the feet of the cross and watched Jesus suffer in a way we can't even imagine. 
It wasn't an easy road. But yet she still thought herself, this is what I want. Just because you follow the Lord, just because you make a decision to serve in an area of ministry, whether here or somewhere else, you get into this and you think it's going to be perfect. When you become a pastor, all you do is you sit in your office, turn on praise and worship music, eat chocolate, drink coffee, smile all day long, and just enjoy being at work. It's not the truth. Because there's real people with real problems that call with real issues and real concerns. But the reward of stepping out, stepping out of your comfort zone, stepping out of the boat, taking a chance that if I sink, so be it. If I walk on water, so be it. But I'm going to be who God's called me to be. And I'm going to do what God's called me to do. That's what he's calling you. That's when faith becomes personal. But for faith to work, we have to also realize that God knows the hidden heart. God knows what's going on on the inside of you. God knows when we're just saying it with our mouth and everybody around us goes, oh man, that's awesome. That's so cool. Man, you are, you are speaking the words of God, but on the inside of you, you're dying, you're drying up. God knows that, yet God's still calling. His gravitational pull on you is real. He's pulling you into a relationship with him that you have the choice to walk with him, to choose you this day whom you'll serve. You get that choice. Therefore, Sarah laughed within herself. She laughed. She giggled. Are you senile? Do you really think that I can have a baby? Her faith hadn't connected with what the spoken word of God was. Her faith hadn't connected with what God was speaking to her. And maybe with her, maybe the reason it was so many years later, it took her that long to her, for her faith to line up. Maybe. Because if we remember, there was a whole other incident that happened in this story with a young lad by the name of Ishmael. There was a whole other thing that happened in this story that, that she said, you know what, maybe, maybe what's going on is not necessarily through me, but it's, it's going to happen through you, Abraham. But they didn't specifically say me. Or, you know. We hear what we want to hear. So, so let's manipulate and maneuver this into whatever. This will be the way. The... Imagine what would have happened if Sarah in that moment would have said, oh yeah, that's me. I'm going to have a baby. And it's coming from my body. It's coming from me. What if she would have in that moment would have said, and we would have never had Ishmael? Come on. What's going on overseas right now? What's happening? What's happening when you watch the news right now? Imagine if Sarah in that moment would have said, like Mary, I'm the handmaid of the Lord. Use me any way you want. Wow. Every decision leads to a destination. 
her decision hundreds, thousands of years ago are still having an effect on us in 2021 because of her decision. Now, not every decision that you're going to make is going to have a lasting, multi-generational consequence. Where you decide to have lunch today probably will not decide what third and fourth and fifth generations are doing. Now, they could. If you're looking for that spouse and you're not married, (laughs) if you're looking for that spouse, yes, you might have that moment. But all in all, We just have to look at what's going on around us and go, you know what, God? I want to make decisions that affect the kingdom, that affect the kingdom for the good, not for the evil. I want want to say, as, as Mary did, I'm yours. Use me any way you want. Whatever you need, I'm here. Whatever you need. If you're calling us today, this afternoon, this evening, and you're truly saying, I want you to go to Medill and I want you to worship, but I want you to stand outside in the pouring rain and allow the rains of heaven to flow over you, wash you, cleanse you, while they're cleansing the land. And I'm not saying he's saying that, okay? But if he's saying that, I want to have an attentive ear to say, I don't want to get wet, but you know what? Use me. Whatever you need, God. Whatever you need to bring change to our community, to bring change to our world. I want to be, help the interior of my heart to change. Then we have to know that for faith to work, that God specializes in the impossible. That's his specialty. It's his specialty for him to move in ways that we would say, not that he would say is impossible. It's impossible through our thinking. God, how can you eradicate cancer? God, how can you take, a, take a, an arm or a leg or an ear and what's not there in one moment begin to be there in the next? I don't know. Because in my brain, it makes no sense. But Lord, help me, as Mary said. Use me in any way you need to use me. Help me to facilitate the kingdom of God Moving to the earth. Help me to facilitate Jesus moving and lives being changed. Help me to facilitate laying on of hands and seeing the dead raised. Help me to facilitate to see healing move at pandemic proportions. How much bigger is God than than COVID? How much bigger... Is God than any pandemic that we can look at over generations behind us? He's bigger. What happens? We as the church stop believing that his word is true. We say, oh no, we've got to step back. Send them into the leper field. When God's called us to go to the highways and the byways. When God's called us to step into a land that looks desolate. Because he said, I'll make a way in the wilderness. I'll bring water to a barren land. How does that come? He moves through you and through me. When we go into an area, that's when the water comes. That's when Jesus starts moving. Because Jesus is on the inside of us. We facilitate that. We facilitate that movement. Is anything too hard for the Lord? 
Is anything too hard? No. What are you believing for? What are you believing for? What are you standing in agreement? What do you need to see changed in your life? What do you need to see changed in your family's life? What do you need to see changed in your marriage relationship, your dating relationship? What do you need to see change? Hebrews 13, out of the Amplified. Now may the God of peace, the source of serenity and spiritual well-being, who brought up from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood that sealed and ratified the eternal eternal covenant. Equip you with every good thing to carry out his will and strengthen you, making you complete and perfect as you ought to be. What's that telling me? That's telling me, you know what? There's something in my life that's not perfect. There's something in my life that's not complete. It's Jesus that completes the circle. It's Jesus on the inside of me that completes this circle so that my life is complete. So that I can be who God's called me to be. If he's called you, and he has, it's his job to equip you. All you have to be is like Mary. God, I'm here. Whatever you want, whatever you need, I'm here. It's in that moment Mary couldn't have survived what she went through if she hadn't said, God, I'm here, whatever. I haven't had to watch my son on a cross. I haven't had to watch my son mocked. I haven't had to watch my son do any of those. And the moment that I begin to put my, myself into her spot, I feel the anxiety come up on the inside of me, the anguish. Because I know, as a dad, how much I love my son. I know, as a dad, how much I love 95% of everything about him. He's not perfect. Neither am I. But what I do know, it's God's asking you, are you willing to go and to do whatever I say? Brittany said today, what you're looking for, what you're looking for is at the very edge of where you finally start going, I don't know. Because so often, we finally give up. Sarah had this promise, and at some point, she could have given up and said, you know what? It's not going to happen. But somewhere on the inside of her, her faith. The faith that was on the inside of her lit up. And she said, so be it. It was her faith that engaged the moment that her, that her womb was finally able to receive the promise that had already been promised years ago. What if in that moment, that day, the angel of the Lord was there and said, you're going to bear a son or you're going to bear a child? She would have said, okay, I believe it. It's possible a few months later, we would have had a child. But you get mad at yourself. Because obviously I don't trust God because I'm not seeing anything happen. 
Obviously, I, I don't. There's something on the inside of you that has to connect with the Father. The word has been spoken. Jesus has given you something. Now your faith has to reach up and grab it. It's there. His promise. What has he promised you? What has he said? This is your promise. Maybe, maybe, it's, maybe it is your, your marriage relationship. Maybe it is your children. Maybe it is a, a healing that you're still standing it is God's will to heal. Maybe your healing is right at the moment that his promise is here and you say, I'll do nothing but just believe. You don't have to ask for more faith. God's given you everything you have need of. It's his job to equip you with every good thing to carry out his will. That's his job. If it takes faith to believe it, it's his job to equip you with it. So that's telling me that he's already equipped you with it because he's asking you just believe. It's as simple as that. Just believe what God's word says. Just believe what he's saying. God supplies the tools for the tasks he assigns. Everything you have need of is within your reach to accomplish what he's called you to accomplish. How is he impossible? At the very edge of our reality. We believe it's impossible. But when we take off our glasses and we begin to see with the unseen, we begin to see as that servant saw when he said, the city is surrounded by the enemy. And all of a sudden, with spiritual eyes, he looked out and he saw chariots of fire. He saw that God was on the scene, that God didn't bring them this far to abandon them. But he had to see it for him. He had to see it. But just because he saw it with his eyes does not mean that it just appeared. It was already there. Because the edge of our reality is where our faith stops. Because we stop seeing with unseen eyes. We stop seeing with what God's saying. And this morning, this week, the last three weeks, God's trying to wake you up and say, don't be afraid. Just believe. If God's called you, he'll equip you. All you got to do is believe. It's that simple. We make it so difficult in believing what God's saying because we're not seeing it. And so we begin to counteract. Just believe. With every head bowed and every eye closed. What have you been believing for? What is the promise God has given you? What is the promise that you're seeing that all of a sudden you're, you're beginning to doubt what's happening? What is the promise that, that's going on that all of a sudden you're like, I don't even know if God's real. Because I haven't seen it. Don't you think Sarah went through that moment in time as well? There was a promise given, and there was a season of wait. Think about it from, the, from Abraham's perspective. He was given this promise at 75 years old, and he was 100 
when the fulfillment of the promise came. Don't you think doubt would have crept in on his heart? Don't you think? Right now where you're at, there's been a promise that's been given to you that you've begun to doubt that it's actually going to be fulfilled. Just believe. Don't be afraid. Just believe. Lord, this morning, God, I, I thank you. Lord, I thank you that you are bringing back to our remembrance the promises that you gave us. The promises you gave us when we were teenagers. When we were kids. Those things that we thought in that moment that were just a passing thought. Those things that we thought, you know what, I don't even, that would be cool, but I don't know. Those times that we would sit in, in youth or in, in children's church or, or we would sit somewhere. And here we are. Some of those things haven't been fulfilled. And we start wondering, maybe that was just me. But today, God, you're reminding us of the promises that you've made. And today, with our hearts, we're telling ourselves, just believe. God, whatever you want, I'm an open book. Let me be and go where you called me to be and where you called me to go. And I'm going to rest in your timing because you're giving me everything that I have need of. Maybe this morning you're in this room and there's been a voice in your heart for a long time that you've tried to hush, that you've, you've tried to quiet that says there's more to this life than what you're going through. There's more to this life than what you're experiencing. There's more to this than just waking up and going to work, coming back home, and repeating the process. There's a void that you felt in your heart. And that void is, is Jesus. Maybe this morning you're going, you know what? I don't even know the stuff you've been talking about. I just know I need to get my life right. I just need to take step one and today acknowledge that today I want Jesus to be Lord of my life. Because that's the key. That's the key to start the process. That's the key to, to begin to have things change in your life. It's realizing your need of a Savior and realizing that today's that day. If that's you this morning, I want to pray with you. We're going to pray as a, as a church together if that's you. Because when you make this prayer, it's no longer you and them. It's us. It's a family. It's a family that stays together. It's a family that when you're going through a, a tough time, a struggle, an addiction that's trying to catch up with you, that you feel comfortable enough to reach out to a family member and say, hey, can you just stand with me? Because you're not in this journey by yourself. You're not alone. But today, if that's you and you say, you know what, I need Jesus, Lord of my life. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand up here in a minute and just put it back down. I want to pray with you. I want to be able tonight when we go home and we leave this place 
that tonight as I lay my head on my pillow, that I see your face. And I'm praying with you and for you. Because what God's wanting to do is have you fully equipped to be who you've been called to be for such a time as this. So is there anybody here in this room this morning that would say, today, I want to make Lord my Savior. I want to make Jesus Lord of my life today. If that's you, would you lift up your hand and put it right back down? I see your hand. Anybody else? I see your hand. I see your hand. Anybody else this morning that wants to make that decision? Maybe this morning you're that person that, you know what, when you were young, you made a decision. And you said, I want, to be, I want Jesus to be Lord of my life. But there's been a lot of things that have gone on. A lot of things that have happened. I'm here to tell you today that even though you may have thought you've turned your back on Jesus, Jesus has been following after you. He's been calling out to you. He's being saying, remember, remember that first love. Remember that moment that at, at, at kids camp or at, at children's church or with your family or wherever you were at and you said, I want to make Jesus Lord of my life. That from that very moment, I've not stopped pursuing you even though you thought you, thought you were running away from me. He says, today's your day. It's time to step back into alignment. It's time to step back into alignment to know that Jesus is real. Because he really loves you. No matter what you've done. No matter where you've gone. No matter the decisions that you've made. But today you say, you know what? I just want to step back into alignment. I want to step back into knowing 100% that I'm back in alignment with Jesus. If that's you this morning, and you say, you know what? I need to step back into alignment. Would you raise your hand up and put it right back down? Is there anybody here this morning that feels that way? I see your hand. Praise God. God is moving. So here in a minute, we're going to pray. Everybody go ahead and stand up. We're going to pray as a family. Why? Because in, with Jesus, we do all things together. We walk this life. This journey is not a journey by yourself. This is a journey where you need to find people that you can stand with and that can stand with you, that can help you walk through this. Because the enemy is going to tell you you didn't make a real decision. The enemy is going to say you can't change. And in and of yourself, you can't. It takes Jesus. It takes the strength of the Father to make that forever change that holds fast. But we're going to say a prayer. And we're going to stand together in this moment. So I want you to repeat after me. Say, Dear Jesus, today I recognize my need for a Savior. Today I recognize that you died on a cross for my sins. And today I ask you to move in, be Lord of my life, to change me forever. And I'm going to do everything within my power to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would do me a favor, there's a connect card in the seat pocket in front of you. The phone number that you saw earlier, if you've got that, if you would go up and 
and text that phone number. Or if you'd come up and see one of the people at the front, there's a prayer team at the back that want to engage with you and just tell them, I accepted Jesus as Lord today. We've got some things we want to get in your hands. We want to help you get through this life because you're not on this journey by yourself. You're not on this journey by yourself. You're with family.